Hey, Fellowship. If you have a child or a student, we would love to invite them to worship with us with our Fellowship Kids Ministry and our Fellowship Student Ministry. Our goal of our family ministry is helping families own the spiritual development of the next generation. We want to come alongside you and help you as you are raising your child to know and follow Jesus. Our mission statement is helping families own the spiritual development of the next generation. We want to come alongside you and help resource you and partner with you as you're helping your child love and follow Jesus. Our services happen at 9 and 1030. And if you'd like more information, find us at the Kids and Student Ministries booth in the foyer. All right, Fellowship family, how are you? Well, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and often I struggle with self-doubt and plenty of insecurities. My name is Heath. Hi, Heath. All right, well, let's stand together and celebrate a God who brings us out of darkness and into light. Amen? Sing it if you know it. Sing, come all you weary, come all you thirsty.
cross, Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. You may be seated. Good morning, fellowship family. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with anger, uh, control issues, and pride. My name is John. Hi, John. Hey, we are so glad that you are here this morning. And if those introductions feel a little bit different, it's because we are starting a new series, a three-week series in January that's called Celebrate Recovery. And what Celebrate Recovery is, it's a ministry that we have at Fellowship that meets on Friday nights, every Friday night of the year. And it's a place, a safe place, where you can deal with life's hurts, maybe some, a bad habit you've picked up or a hang-up that you have in your life, and you can go there. As a matter of fact, we would all benefit from going on Friday night to celebrate recovery. But for the month of January, for the next three weeks, we're actually bringing Friday night to Sunday morning. So our services are going to feel a little bit different. As a matter of fact, my wife and I took our community group Friday night, and I want to tell you, those people know how to celebrate. And so I'm, we're going to do that on Sunday mornings um, for the next three weeks. And so we're really excited about that. With that said, during this series, we might be covering some heavy issues. Um, there's some testimonials that have some sensitive topics. So parents, we just want to alert you to that. And if you, you can make a decision on whether to have your children in the service or not. Good news is we've got some great child care and ministry, student ministry options. And so you can just leave, if you go through the, the, the doors in the foyer and the children's booth, they can help you get your children connected should you need that. I almost forgot to introduce my friend here. You don't need to because I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and I struggle with codependency and pride. My name is Beth. Hi, Beth. Good morning. It is good to see you this morning, and we do have a lot. And I want to add on to the connection to Celebrate Recovery. We actually have an art exhibit. It's unique. It's going to be here three weeks that connects to the series. I just want to bring your attention to that, um, that you'll give that a look and a read so you can see what those connections are. We even have the artist here today. You can meet her. So I want to tell you about that, and I also want to tell you about Legacy. So that is our senior ministry meets every second Sunday of the month across the hallway. This is next week, and that's a real sweet time, so we don't want you to miss out on Legacy, and we don't want to have you miss out on our training center classes. So, time to register. If you would be interested in a Sunday morning class, we have three different offerings. Um, still have space in the one, Our Faith, and we've got John, um, I think Sam Hannon's going to teach, Caleb Freeman's going to teach, still got some space, so go to our website, register now, fellowshiprogers.org slash training center. And women, we have studies coming, and that's next week and the week after, Tuesday mornings, Tuesday nights, we've got your kids covered, and we've got sweet studies ready for you, but we need to get our groups organized, so please register now, fellowshiprogers.org slash women. What else do we got, John? You know, in addition to training center classes, in addition to women's studies, community groups are kicking back up. So it's a great time of year to join a community group. Matter of fact, I would encourage you, if you're in a community group or lead a community group, this would be a great, this month of January would be a great time to go visit Celebrate Recovery. So take your group and go visit. Also, this would be a great kind of three-week series. For the next three weeks, maybe break up and meet gender-specific. Um, that'd be a fun time just to do something kind of different. Also, Re-Engage starts up next 
Sunday night. So you can sign up for that on the website. Encourage you to do that. That's our marriage ministry here at Fellowship. We love marriage. Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It's a new year. It's a new you. Let's all take a deep breath and remember this. He is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Amen? Let's worship together.
thankful hearts just like John said his mercies are new every morning hallelujah
Father, we are so thankful for the finished work of Jesus Christ, where we find complete and perfect forgiveness. We find rest for our souls. So help us rest in the truth of everything Jesus this morning. And we'll praise you for it. And we'll give you the glory for it. Amen. Well, we all have a story. And our stories consist of a string of routine and insignificant moments that we piece together to formulate our weeks and months and years. And then ever so often, sprinkled amongst the ordinary and familiar events of life, we experience what you might call foundational experiences. These are monumental moments that shape us and form us. They're mixed in among the everyday, and these powerful events forge our character and our personality. These are the memories that stick out. These are the ones that are logged into the highlight reel of our story, and they linger in our memory long-term, becoming core to our personality in our being. And for me, one of those foundational memories, one that keeps coming up in my highlight reel, occurred when I was in ninth grade. Meet ninth grade Sam. (laughs) This is circa 1987. And as you can clearly see, ninth grade Sam was both a, a terror on the gridiron and eye candy in the schoolyard. (laughs) And I believe if the the picture does it justice, this is the year that my second chin emerged, (laughs) which was probably because of my girlfriend, Debbie. You may know Debbie. Little Debbie. (laughs) I loved the snack cakes. That was my breakfast every day in ninth grade. Now, for these pictures, they represent for me a foundational time period in my life. And in many ways, these were extremely hard years of life. You see, ninth grade Sam had lost his father three years earlier. So as a sixth grader, a middle schooler, on Labor Day weekend, my father died in his sleep left to be raised by a single mother, me and my brothers made do. And so what that meant was there were many milestone experiences in life that were to be navigated all alone. No one there to shepherd me and no male figure to guide. And so think about those adolescent experiences like learning how to shave or how to drive a stick shift or how to load and shoot a gun or how to change a flat tire or how to apply for a job or how to file a tax return. And one memory stands out. This is a a highlight real moment that has endured over time 
And it involved, of all things, a sock tie. Do you remember the sock ties? I heard they're coming back. You see, ninth grade Sam enrolled in a school club called FBLA. Any FBLA, FBLA alumni out there? Was it true? Are you a future? Are you a current business leader? Because FBLA stands for Future Business Leaders of America. And we were going to state conference. And the requirement was, if you went to state conference, you had to wear a tie. And ninth grade Sam didn't own a tie. So ninth grade Sam went to JCPenney's and I got a sock tie. It was a trendy option. The problem was, I didn't know how to tie a tie. And I couldn't go around the corner to dad. So I Googled it. No, no, no. That wasn't even invented for 13 years. So here's what happened. My mom loaded me in the car and took me to Morgan's Fashions on Main Street. And I went in and asked Mr. Morgan if he would show me how to tie a tie. And he was very kind. As you can imagine, I did not want to go into Morgan's Fashions. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was angry. But I was desperate. And so he, he showed me how to tie a double Windsor. It's still the same knot I use today. But the pain of that moment, taking those steps into that building, lingered. Now that moment wasn't the single most important moment of my life by far. But it is representative of that time in my life that was characterized by fear and Shame and anger and feeling alone and inadequate. And that scene would repeat itself over in various forms over a 10-year period as the boy, Sam, emerged into manhood, trying to figure things out alone without a father to guide. Now, for me, my story has been shaped by this struggle. My hurts, my hang-ups, my habits are a result of the pain, the loss, the adversity that was experienced in those years. And this is also the pain that led me to seek healing in my heavenly father, Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis wrote this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with grief, with anger, and control. My name's Sam. At Fellowship Rogers, we strongly believe in and support our Celebrate Recovery ministry. And one of the things we say around here often is that it is okay to not be okay. We believe that all of us, everyone in the room has hurts, hangups, and habits, and we need the healing power of Jesus in our lives. And we believe that we could all benefit from experiencing a ministry like CR. And so for the next three weeks, 
We're going to bring CR to our Sunday morning worship experience. Let me remind you of what CR is. Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based 10-step program. It includes a Friday night worship service. It starts at 7 p.m. We'll see you there. It also includes issue-specific small groups, uh, intensive step studies and ministries for both students and children. And over the next few weeks, you're going to get a taste of all that CR is. Our worship times will be like Friday nights. And our community group, small group discussion guides are designed to be like a share group. Now, one of the things we do at CR each week is we affirm the eight principles of Celebrate Recovery. So, y'all ready? Would you stand with me? I'll read the principle if you would affirm the scripture and the reference. Principle one. Realize I am not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor. Matthew 5, 3. Principle two. Earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Principle three, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Principle four, openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Principle five, voluntarily submit to any and all changes God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Principle six, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others when possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Principle seven, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Principle eight, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and my words. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's begin with this truth. I am broken and I need Jesus. Would you say that with me? I am broken and I need Jesus. This truth applies to everyone in the room. This is a baseline. This is an irreducible minimum, a starting point for all of us as we seek to discover who we are and what God's will is for our lives. We are all broken. We are fallen people living in a fallen world. The image of God that we bear has been marred by sin. And for some of you, you're fully aware of this. 
brokenness is familiar territory for you. Maybe you've come to church today on this first Sunday of 2024 seeking hope and renewal that is just on the other side of pain and regret. For others in the room, this statement bothers you. For you, life's pretty good. For the most part, you're making good choices. Maybe walking in obedience to God's will. Your life has somewhat of an order to it. And from the outside looking in, you have it all together. The statement still applies. We are all broken. We are all marred by sin, corrupted by the flesh, bent towards evil, bruised by the hardships of life, and each of us deals with hurts, unmet expectations, hang-ups, and habits that result from being imperfect people living in an imperfect world full of imperfect people and disappointing circumstances. And so we have problems, anger problems, depression problems, bitterness problems. We live with regret and disappointment and shame and unforgiveness. We then grasp for control or seek to blame others or rationalize our behaviors. We cope through substances and sex and food and entertainment and materialism. Are you with me here? We're all broken. We all have problems, and we're all in the need of the healing power of Jesus. The question is, will we seek it? Well, if you'd like to take a step towards wholeness in 2024, then you must embrace Celebrate Recovery principle number one. First step is to realize you're not God. And admit that you're powerless to control the tendency that is in you to do the wrong thing and that life at times can be unmanageable. Recovery and healing begins here. We must recognize, admit our condition. We must confess our sinfulness, acknowledge our brokenness, and admit that sometimes we respond to hurt in hurtful ways. And that sometimes we try to fix problems and in our attempt to fix them, we make them worse. And we must confess that instead of facing our problems, we sometimes blame others or cope in unhealthy ways or deny that anything is even wrong. We may even choose to do things that aren't good for us even though we know better. The book of Romans describes our condition this way in Romans chapter 7. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. 
Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. The passage describes our tendency to do the wrong thing. We cannot trust in willpower or our human nature to lead us out of our brokenness and away from our problems. As fallen people living in a fallen world, we tend to to drift, to stray from the Lord and towards sin and self. And often, we unsuccessfully try to fix, cope, or numb our hurts and hang-ups with inappropriate responses and choices and things that are outside of God's will. Does this sound familiar to your story? Are you tracking with me here? The prophet Jeremiah said it this way, that the heart is deceitful above all else. And this unmanageable life can manifest itself in a few ways. First, it's just simply the tendency to do wrong. Our broken and corrupted souls become drawn to disobedience. We have this propensity in us to make poor decisions, to live in rebellion, and to do things that harm ourselves or hurt others. Or maybe you have a desire just to be God. And that's at the root of our tendency to do wrong, our desire to be in control. We want to be king or queen, to determine what is right or wrong, to call our own shots. Or maybe it's just a part-time position for you. You attempt to play God, to control your image or control other people or your problems or your pain. Ultimately, the cause of our problems is our sin nature. Romans chapter three implicates us all. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each of us is a marred version of who God created us to be. Our inability to manage our responses, our behaviors, our feelings is a direct result of the fall. We all have sinned. We all fall short. And as the verse says, we desperately need the grace of God to find right relationship with him and with others. So here's the question. Are you tired of the same old you? Are you tired of the same cycle that leads to failure and frustration? So step one is to look in the mirror and admit that we're broken, that we have a problem. Consider these three statements as a starting point this morning. I admit that I am powerless to change my past. There's nothing we can do to change our yesterdays. There's no reset concerning the things that you've done, things you've experienced, or things that have been done to you. They are what they are. And we have to realize that we have no power to change them. Do you ever spend time, energy, and emotion replaying a moment from your past over and over in your mind, wishing you could go back and change it? Are you plagued by regret? Traumatized by a particular painful experience in your life? Statement two, I admit that I am powerless to control other people. Not only can we not change the past, but we are also incapable of making other people be who we want them to be or do 
what we want them to do. I think if there's one thing we can all agree on this morning is that one of our biggest problems in the world is that there are weird people around us. (laughs) Have you ever realized that, that the problem out there is the weirdos? You know weirdos. People are just different than you. We can't change them. Third statement, I admit that I am powerless to cope with my harmful habits. Like the Romans 7 passage described, all of us have behaviors that have mastered us. And even when we desire to do good, sometimes we end up doing the very thing we desire not to do. We have unhealthy and harmful habits that are used to cope with our stuff. So step one is admitting weakness. It is recognizing our, the impoverished state of our soul. It's confessing that we need help, that we need a higher power whose name is Jesus to lift us out of the mire and the muck of our failures, fears, and frustrations. Now, you may sit there and look at that word powerless on the screen, and you cannot identify Admitting weakness is a struggle for you. For many, admitting that they need help is difficult. In his book, Life's Healing Choices, John Baker said this, remember, if you could have handled that problem on your own, it wouldn't still be a problem. If you could handle it, you would have, but you can't, so you don't. Admitting weakness Confessing brokenness is a prerequisite for wholeness. And by the way, this book, Life's Healing Choices, is essential reading for Celebrate Recovery. We have them for sale in the foyer. Now, for many of us, the pursuit of healing and our brokenness requires overcoming some common barriers, like denial, minimizing or failing to recognize our problems. In fact, there's Several of you that are sitting here today, and here's what you're thinking. I should have stayed home today and just watched the pregame. <laughs> this is cheesy, and for weak people, not like me, I'm American. <laughs> you, sir, are in denial. Or how about blaming others? Instead of looking in the mirror and taking responsibility, we want to focus on implicating others as the source of our struggle, therefore living in a constant state of bitterness and unforgiveness. Or maybe you run to coping mechanisms. Instead of the pursuit of healing in your problems, you seek to numb, to distract, or soothe your pain instead of healing from it. And unfortunately, sidestepping our brokenness is not a healthy long-term strategy. Baker said this in the book, To deny your pain is to refuse God's power to help you recover. You will never find healing from your hurts, hangups, and habits until you confront your pain. So admitting that you have a hurt or a hangup or a habit is the first step of the journey. I am broken and I need Jesus. Step one, admit your brokenness. Step two, seek the healer. Principle two, earnestly believe that God exists. I think we're on common ground here at a church that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. Once we admit our brokenness and realize that we're not the hero of the story, 
then we're ready for God to work. Principle two reminds us that there is hope, that there's a power greater than me, and that power desires to work in me, that there is a power that is able to help me handle the things that I cannot handle on my own, break down this principle into three parts, that God exists. Remember, you're not alone in this world. There is a providential hand guiding and directing the affairs of this world, and check this out. You matter to him. You are important. You are priceless in the eyes of your creator. You know, oftentimes we think that the broken and the weak things of this world are less valuable, but the scriptures actually show the opposite. We see that Jesus was drawn to those in need. He sought out those who were lost. He focused on those who were hurting. Don't forget, he has the power to help you. There's nothing that is impossible for God. You are never beyond his redemptive reach. He has the power to change you. Sometimes he changes you. Sometimes he changes your circumstances. Sometimes he changes uh, both. Your job is to surrender to his will and to rely on his strength. The psalmist says it perfectly. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Back to the original thought. I am broken and I need Jesus. We first find the courage to admit our need and then we seek the healing power of Jesus. Now, at Celebrate Recovery, one of the most powerful things we do is we tell stories of healing and restoration. And over the next three weeks, you're going to hear some powerful stories. This morning, we're going to start with a courageous young lady named Julia. I want you to hear her recovery story. It started as something that I didn't understand, and then it led into um, just using this to, to cope with anything that was going on, any hurt. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I celebrate recovery over a sexual addiction, and I still struggle with lust, control issues, and codependency. And my name is Julia. Whenever I was six years old, I was introduced to self-gratification from uh, just a friend that was my age. It took a long time for me to realize that that wasn't normal and that that was considered abuse. And here I was, six years old, now having to deal with this sexual addiction that a lot of adults can't even overcome. As I look back, there are kind of two really defining things that I think were happening to me as a kid um, that I didn't realize at the time. And again, I didn't, I didn't realize that these things weren't normal. This was just my life. But I think that I was exposed to um, this whole world of um, this whole sexual world that I wasn't supposed to be exposed to. Also, having at the same time experiencing some emotional neglect by some of my family. My parents did a great job raising me, but they were always busy, always doing things, always had something going on. And like, I don't remember my mom sitting down and just playing with me. I can see that there was a pattern of I had to I had to be good enough for someone to take time for me. 
And so I was constantly trying to figure out what can I do to achieve some sort of worth. And so I can see patterns throughout middle school and high school and college of finding something that I was getting value from other people in. And I would just dive completely headfirst into that. And that became my identity. And if anybody gave me affirmation or attention or anything, I would do everything I could to keep that. When I jumped into Celebrate Recovery, I had this sexual addiction that I was not free from, uh, but would have bouts of sobriety, um, but was never fully healed from it. Um, and I genuinely thought that the Christian battle was trying as best as I could for as long as I could, just knowing I would fall back into it at some point. It's been seven years that I've been in recovery, um, and it still continues to surprise me what things the Lord still keeps bringing up to me, um, and the different ways that I have seen him just redeem my story even further. It took getting into Celebrate Recovery and getting into a step study to actually achieve that sobriety. Even though I was a Christian and the Lord was with me and he was um, working in my life in amazing ways and I was doing a lot for the kingdom and was very involved in church and, and all of that, um, I needed that little bit of extra accountability and a little bit of extra kind of digging into the roots of what was really going on in my life to be able to uproot those things and gain sobriety for the first time. My sexual addiction started because someone introduced something to me and I didn't think that it was that big of a deal and I didn't realize how much healing there was for just telling someone about it and looking into someone else's eyes and seeing the pain that I should be feeling but I'm numb to is so healing and it connected me to my emotions that I had numbed. One of the coolest things that the Lord is doing in my heart right now is just seeing truly how young and innocent I was when all of this started for me. It's helped me have grace for myself as a kid because I was just always so hard on myself and constantly shaming myself and just saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. The Lord has really redeemed that part of my story and I can look into my daughter's eyes and just see that she is enough. Celebrate Recovery has given me the ability to understand my emotions in the moment rather than just shaming and then running to something that's going to make me feel better and then hiding that and then having more shame and then running to it and starting this cycle, I can pause and give myself grace and view myself the way God does. It doesn't matter what anyone's struggling with. There's freedom. I think that we're taught as Christians, once we become Christian, everything from our past just disappears but those pains still come up and the Lord wants freedom for us. Um, and there is that freedom and it is a big deal. You're worth it. Well, what a powerful story of healing and restoration on the other side of tragedy and abuse. You know, I appreciate Julia's courage to share her story about sexual addiction. You know, a lot of times we stereotype that struggle for males. And it's just a good reminder that that particular struggle 
knows no discrimination. Male or female, young or old, it's powerful and pervasive. Okay, I've shared some of my story. Julia's shared her story. What's your story? I want to wrap it up with a time of self-examination. As you've listened today, as the Lord revealed anything to you, reminded you of an area in your life that is broken and in need of healing, has reminded you of a hurt or a hang-up or a habit that you need to lay at his feet? Are you tired of repeating the same cycle of failure frustration and fatigue? Can you think of an issue that you've made commitments or promises to the Lord in the past to deal with, yet it still remains? Are you finally ready to lay it on the altar unto him? An application, I would offer you two words today. Admit and surrender. We've saved some time at the end of the service and we're going to come to the Lord's table and observe communion. But before you do, and as we sing, I want to ask you to search your heart. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Is there anything that he wants you to deal with? We'll close with a question from Jesus. He came upon a man who had been dealing with something for many years. The scripture says in John 5, when he saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? And that's the question I would leave with you today. Do you want to get well, to be whole? You see, some of us have given up. We say, this is just who I am, or this is just the way it will be, and we've decided we don't want to try or we can't be helped or healed. Well, maybe today you're ready to admit and surrender. At Celebrate Recovery, we have blue chips. Physical reminders of things surrendered unto God. Commitments made to seeking healing and sobriety. Two weeks from now, at the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity to pick up a blue chip of your own. If you're ready today, they'll be available in the prayer room. Would you pray with me right now? And the elements will come to you. They're double cups. Save them. We'll take them together. Lord, I pray in the moments remaining today that you would meet us here and we could do business with you. Lord, if there's a hurt, a hang-up, or a habit that is unhealthy in our life and you're ready for us to deal with it, I pray that you would burn that on our hearts, bring that back from our memory highlight reel and nudge us towards healing this morning. Spend some time with the Lord in preparation.
fellowship family, would you take your elements? Would you stand? We're going to remember Jesus. You know, oftentimes we come to this moment of communion, the Lord's Supper, and it feels real sad and somber, but this is an exciting time for every one of us, no matter what your habits, your hang-ups, your hurts are, because there's hope in it all because of this right here, what this represents, the finished work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. He didn't come to, to condemn the world, but to set us free. So let's raise up the bread and let's give thanks. Father, we thank you so much for everything that this represents. Jesus' body broken for us to offer forgiveness and hope. We eat this and we remember the mighty work of Jesus. Take eat. I don't have it, but you have it, hopefully. A cup, let's lift it up. The cup representing this new covenant, this new way that God is dealing with us because of Jesus. So we lift up the cup. We say thank you for the finished work of our Savior, Jesus. We say wow, and we say thank you, and we drink it remembering Jesus. Amen. All right, let's continue to worship. Come on, you turn morning. You turn morning to dancing. You turn beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one. Amen. Can we put some smiles on our face and celebrate this good news today? You turn graves into goddess. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the
makes my old man yap. When I get excited, sometimes it just comes out. Man, that is such good news. Let's sing one more song together. It's called You've Already Won. You know, so often we try to fix ourselves. We try to do, do, do. We try to trust in our own flesh to make us better. But the good news, the gospel is better than that. Christ is at work within us. We've been made new to our core. All that stuff's said and done. We get to start to learn how to walk in a manner that's worthy of our new calling into Christ, of who we really are. Amen. Yes, of course, we struggle with those old ways that satisfied back in the day, those old reactions that used to satisfy, those old responses that used to satisfy, those old coping mechanisms that used to work for us, but now we can't ever seem to find lasting fulfillment, but we find lasting fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Let's sing together. I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. No matter what comes my way, I will overcome. Don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done.
Join with me as we close with the serenity prayer. Say it with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer today, we've got people in the prayer room. If you wanna pick up your blue chip today, you can pick it up Friday night, 7 p.m. We'll see you here. Fellowship, have a good week.